Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Leonardo on. He works Uncapped. He's a partnerships manager there. Hi, Leonardo. Hello. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. How are we? Good, good, good. Yourself, Daniel? All good, mate. Um, do you want to jump straight in and just tell everyone a bit about what you do? 100%. Um, so I have joined Uncapped, which is a uh, fintech uh, startup in the UK. Uh, with a global reach uh, uh, back in December 2020, so close to a year now. And I've got some experience in a couple of industries, mainly in the digital marketing industry on the agency side. So I was brought on board to help the company build its partnerships channels with agencies. And now as we expand also with um, some tech companies as well. So that sounds like a really exciting and different role. You know, you, are you kind of in charge of what you do on a day-to-day basis and you just reach out to things you think would be really helpful for Uncapped? 100%. The, the, the company is very good at giving responsibility to people early. And one of our co-founders, Asher, um, has, has built this system, which he basically calls very simply <laughs> um, great ways to work. Right, so the, the the secret is in the title, and part of uh, these great great um, ways to work is the realization that as a founder of a startup, you shouldn't be going around and scrambling scrambling about to uh, put out fires. Mm-hmm. You should build fire stations, <laughs> and what that means, yeah, it's it's a great one, isn't it? Yeah, I like um, it, uh, What that means for for him and what we do as a company is try to. Uh, each and everyone take responsibility and we kind of hear everyone's opinion and maybe uh, as a manager, right? You want to listen to someone's proposal of how they would uh, tackle a certain problem mm. and then evaluate together and execute. And so that, that's happened in my case as well. I had a lot of freedom coming in um, because I, I know the agency space well. And so I had freedom in how to structure the channel and how to, to scale it. And then, of course, I'm, I'm very keen on getting feedback in any, any uh, opportunity I can. So it's a, it's a constant back and forth and asking questions and improving and testing things. But um, yeah, to answer your question, lots of responsibility, lots of room to, to wiggle and play around. Uh, and in terms of the role, you know, I couldn't be more, <laughs> more thankful. I work with a... Uh, with the CEO, one of the two co-founders, Piot, pretty much every day. Um, I work basically all the, across the whole business and uh, lots of interesting conversations with lots of uh, interesting people. So can't complain. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, part of the reason I wanted to get you on here is because obviously this is a careers podcast. I think what you do, not many people really understand the whole world of business development and partnerships. Mm-hmm. But as, as the sort of... Uh, e-commerce has expanded and digital marketing and all these new industries are popping up jobs like yours being partnerships and business development are only going to grow and expand and i really think this mm-hmm. is such an exciting space if you're sort of maybe a bit entrepreneurial or you know you like a lot of different different interests 100%. it's it's just a great route to go down right 100%. I, I, I agree. And I'll tell you what, what um, attracted me straight out of university to uh, business development roles is that um, you, you have a, such a good understanding of what the company you work for does, uh, because you're, you're selling it, right? You're, uh, 
you, you need to understand the product or the service inside and out to be able to uh, really kind of uh, communicate that value to whoever whoever you're interacting with. So that, that was the number one reason why I wanted to, uh, to get into this side, kind of the commercial side of, mm. of the business. And uh, the, the second side of the spectrum is um, just, you know, I'm... I'm good with people, <laughs> and so <laughs> so that was an easy an easy win as well. So, what does an average day look like for you? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So it's kind of evolved, uh, which is normal because you know as a as a startup we we've, we've grown massively. When I joined, we were 15, uh, and we're 70 right now. So uh, not even one year later, um, and. At the very beginning, it was just entertaining lots of conversations. As I mentioned, we, we wanted to kind of build this new channel, new avenue uh, for us to meet lots of new uh, e-commerce businesses, SaaS businesses needing the funding um, to grow. And so my typical day looked like getting in touch with as many agency founders as possible to understand if there was space to um, build a collaboration. And the collaboration basically looks like, hey, You've got an agency that specializes in helping businesses grow. We can provide the fuel for that growth. And then as the company has expanded, you know, we've created a strong customer success team, right? And so then what's been added to my daily schedule was maybe a few calls with agencies that we really like, we've worked with for a few months. And then maybe they can actually help our clients, right? Uh, we mm -hmm. get clients coming to us all the time saying, hey, you know, I need a new logistics partner, a new marketing partner. And we, we like to be that place where they can come and they know we've done the homework for them and, and we can make those suggestions. Um, and then, you know, together with partnerships, the more we grow, the more we're interested in these larger tech partnerships. So at the moment, We've got conversations going on with the likes of uh, PrestaShop, BigCommerce. And so that's a very different type of wow. um, uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, quite, uh, quite varied. Lots of calls. Uh, <laughs> i got to say, I've, uh, I've developed a love-hate relationship with Zoom. <laughs> like everyone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. On that, you um, obviously... During the lockdown, you had, I assume you had to very much go online. Are you starting to now phase out of that? Are you able to go meet some of your clients, customers, um, relations? We are actually a fully remote company. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I guess it's quite a 2020 thing to say, but uh, 2020, 2021. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the company started with some, you know, offices or traditional type model and then the pandemic hit during the very first few months of the, the lifetime of the company and so the guys decided to hey why do we need to kind of uh, restrict ourselves geographically especially from a talent perspective right like most of our uh, tech team is uh, across Poland Portugal uh, Spain even uh, and we've got people working from something silly like 22 23 different countries uh, US, Asia included, literally everywhere. And so uh, that made a lot of sense, right? Because, you know, gone, gone are the days of you either work, you know, 30 minutes from home or it's not a job that you can uh, consider. Yeah. And, um, and then the flexibility of it all has been amazing. 
uh i mean uh we're, we're still small so i spent my um my summers in uh back home in italy working for my laptop and oh, wow and that, that was it yeah the, the weekends were great it was like a mini <laughs> mini holiday <laughs> sounds amazing um for you what would be some crucial skills that somebody thinking about going into business development would really need to develop themselves that's a great question i again i think for me it was a natural choice because i thought okay my my objective out of university is i, I didn't do a master's degree i just did my bachelor's and i wanted to learn as much as possible on the ground and that's why i like a business development role because it put me like basically in the in the lines then right you you had no escape you are talking to customers you're forced to learn Mm. um and the second reason why i went into it was um just if there's one one thing i know to do is is talk to people and uh, become friends with them and try to (laughs) really really talk to them and understand you know what are their needs what what motivates them and um try to understand if i can help right so i started from this place and then i think most of the skills um or however we want to call it i've actually developed on the job right i I don't think well probably people are born with an innate you know uh sales acumen i don't think i was one of those those people um for example no one can teach you really to get the door slammed in your face time and time again right that's something that you 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 get used to Mm. um you can read a bunch of books about you know what are the best sales skills but you know day you need to find something that's true to yourself um uh, what questions people resonate best what what tone of voice right so i think a lot of these are just developed on the job yeah um it, it just takes a, a willingness to try fail which sounds a little cliche but it's true <laughs> yeah you just no, gotta I try it out and go for it we we get that answer a lot to be honest with you you know you can mm-hmm. only you only know what you're good at once you try and fail and we encourage that so much on the 100%. podcast you know failing is is one of the best ways to learn and weirdly at school and university failing you know isn't not celebrated is the wrong word but not uh, accepted and it's an odd odd kind of thing because throughout your life you're going to need to realize failure is a thing that happens one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and uh, you know, like I, I went to Central London uh, University. Uh, I went to King's, and if you go in there, it's uh, it's all people who want to become investment bankers and uh, asset managers and uh, and the odd consultant, right? And yeah. so, and so you're like, oh wow, so you know, all the cool kids are doing it. So that that's probably what I sh- what I'm supposed to do as well, right? And uh, mm. and that took quite a few trials and, and tribulations until I realized, Hey, actually probably that's not something I want to do. Cause I've never spent, you know, 10 minutes of my time to even learn what, what these industries are and, you know, what's entailed and what's, what's needed and what's required. So that's sure. probably not where my passion is. And then I started to grow closer to the, 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 the world of startups and the, basically the industry I'm in right now. Um, and and you're absolutely right. You just need to to taste, you know, yeah. like yeah. Uh, taste a bunch of different things, try it out. And it, it seems like time, time is running out and it's, you know, I'm, I'm super young, um, but still there is that feeling 
where you're like, wow, have I just wasted, you know, six months, 12 months of my life on this project? Uh, but then once, once you sit down and really try to understand what you've learned and the experiences you've had, um, then, then you have the full picture. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, and I'm really interested about Uncapped itself and what the business is and what it actually does. Um, it sounds like mm-hmm. a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the core model um, and what we're in the market with right now is called revenue-based finance. And basically what that means is that both our founders, uh, they're you know both former VCs, serial entrepreneurs, and they were like, hey, there is this booming e-commerce or kind of tech space in Europe. Uh, but the funding options for these businesses and these founders have not kept up with the growth, meaning that the options are either you go through, you know, six months of coffees with investors. Um, and if you're lucky enough to secure some funding, it's at the cost of a massive chunk of your business. Uh, mm-hmm. So massive risk of losing ownership. Or you have to go up to a bank and, you know, put up, the house right in personal yeah. guarantees to secure a loan which by the way if you're a first time founder you probably don't have either yeah and true. so we <laughs> we saw this this model called revenue-based finance in, in in the us getting some nice traction and we kind of pioneered that in uh, in europe and we're now the number one provider um across europe now also available in the us and what we do is we invest in these businesses without asking for any equity interest or personal guarantees we just charge a flat fee of around six percent mm-hmm. and we get paid back by a way of a revenue share right so the idea is that something like COVID happens revenues plummet to zero uh dramatically enough and uh, for the month we take zero right so you're not stuck with higher payments wow in the meantime you're not getting diluted and there's no fixed repayment date um so again the the chance of uh, defaulting on the loan is very very low it sounds like a bit of a no-brainer if you're a, a small startup looking to get your first sort of cash injection yeah i'd say that if uh, if you've got like a, a proven economics model meaning that you've got some some revenue uh into the system uh some monthly revenue into the system and um and you know, you're looking to purely grow, right? We're talking about uh, marketing spend, hiring people, securing more inventory for, for Black Friday and Christmas, right? Mm. Um, it, it's, a great, it's a great solution because equity is such a, an expensive way to fund growth. Yeah. Um, you know, we're a VC-backed business ourselves. Like we, we do not compete with VCs. We, we partner with them, actually, uh, 300 of them around the world. Wow. Um, and, you know, they, they like us because we can basically invest in their uh, portfolio companies uh, with no dilution for the founder, no dilution for them as investors, uh, increased valuation, increased sales, all the good stuff, right? So there is definitely a space in the market for VC funding, um, but sometimes it needs a little help when it comes to growth capital from, from a solution like this. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Um, and what an exciting space for you to be working, you know, the startup space, mm-hmm. the business development space. I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous. It sounds, it just sounds oh, like no. such a great space to be in. We're always hiring. So, you know, take a look. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for you, what's the number one positive of working in that kind of startup environment and, and doing the business development? One big positive. Yes. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's um, like what I've always looked at 
is um, uh, the the opportunity compared to the time, right? Like, and what what it feels like is the the pandemic has basically accelerated the process that was gonna happen anyway. But like analysts think that the the growth that we've seen in online commerce in one year is equivalent to around ten years of growth. Um, and at the same time, this is paired with companies like us that have come up with very smart way to leverage tech um, and data to, you know, create some these very very valuable uh, funding funding options for for clients. At the same time, we have access to so much uh, sorry so so many conversations and so so many founders um, that were able to really pinpoint what they're. Uh, pain points are to then um, structure some new products. So for example, we're uh, testing out some banking features and some banking products in the US and they're coming to Europe soon. So to answer your question, it's just, it, it feels like you're in the right place at the right time. And it's a great feeling because, you know, I've worked in uh, social media marketing in 2018 when it was booming, but very quickly became not obsolete because it's still a key part of the marketing mix, but I've just become, uh, th there's no thrill in being early anymore, right? Uh, you, you, you were going to be early if you started a social media agency in 2016, 2017. Yeah. By 2018, 19, everyone realized and clocked in that they had to have, you know, some strong digital presence. Um, and so it's still very valuable, but it was that that growth, that excitement, right? That, around that something buzz of being first. That, that 100%. Like, yeah, 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 I get that. 100%. And so it, 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 right now we're not the only ones. So we're definitely not early anymore, although it's still early days in the industry. And you, you'll be surprised at the amount of, you know, e-commerce um, operators or just people around the ecosystem who have never even heard about uh, revenue-based finance. Uh, but we're moving so quickly that it just feels like, wow, I'm, I'm part of something that's going to become massive. And I was between the first 10 to 15 people to, to jump on board. Right. Awesome. Um, on the other side of this though, what would be maybe a negative or a couple of negatives um, that you think about this industry? You obviously touched on a couple earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, fr from a career's perspective. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 100%. So it really depends on what you want. And I'm quite analytical with this, right? I like to think about opportunity costs, which is, you know, basically I'm investing my time uh, here. Is there something else that I could have done? Um, thinking in that way, by the way, uh, I'm not sure how much is recommended because <laughs> uh, that's a surefire recipe for like a massive anxiety and stuff like that, because you start thinking, oh my God, there are so many opportunities out there. Am I doing the right thing? Um, I always so, get that. Always, right? I always have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's just human nature, but uh, I guess and because it's such a fast-paced, high growth, but very, very, you know, from from a certain perspective, risky line of business, because you, you have no idea, like you, you hear all the time of startups that were supposed to become massive, uh, but then we're, um, you know, just plummeted. Um, so th there's always that risk and there's always the risk that there is something else that you could be doing that could, um, teach you more. 
But at the same time, I think whenever I, I have these thoughts, I just go back to the drawing board and think, well, do I know more today than I knew a week ago? Have I been learning, developing myself personally and professionally? And most of all, like, do I see myself here for the next five, six, 12 months? And the answer so far has been yes. So uh, again, to, to answer your question, th there are negatives, which are, you know, it's, um, it's all quite risky and uh, the, the, nothing is, is given for granted. Uh, but to me at the moment, it's worth it because I've been growing and I really believe in what we're doing. Uh, and I think, you know, if you want to work in the world of like tech and, and startups, you need to be bought in. It's almost as if you're an investor, right? Like yes, you, you're yeah. investing your time. And so sure you want a job, <laughs> you want the job, you like, you need that job, but um, you also need to be mindful of your time and make sure that it's invested in the right place. Yeah, definitely. And for anyone listening to this and thinking, oh, do you know, I'd love to get involved in business development within kind of the startup world. What's one piece of advice you'd give to them, whether it be a skill to learn or mm -hmm. uh, something to take forward into interviews, just, just one piece of advice for them. 100%. Um, let me actually answer this with a story. So again, going back to my university days, everyone wanted to work in the finance space. I tried, you know, I really tried, <laughs> um, but you know, rejection after rejection, I was like, well, either I'm very stupid <laughs> or this is not what I, what I want to do. Um, and so I came to the conclusion uh, that it was a second option, thankfully. <laughs> and, uh, and so I started reading, you know, I started reading about, um, everything really. And what really caught my eye was the word of, you know, tech early, early stage companies. Um, and, and a, as a, as a surrogate of that, uh, social media marketing, digital marketing, because, you know, even talking about uncapped digital marketing is still a massive driver uh for you know customer acquisition like it is for any company right now mm. and so i started learning more about that and i was like well i have no clue what i want to do uh nor in which role i want to end you know i want to start my career in uh let me let me go out into the world and try to get inspired so i worked a one-way ticket to california and i spent a couple of months there completely alone uh, with the objective of basically talking to as many people as possible, trying as many things as possible and trying to get inspired, try to get like a different view, a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, California, number one, because it's sunny, obviously, but number two, because uh, it's the, the capital of all things, you know, early stage companies, social media marketing. These guys have done it for sure. three years before us. Um, and so I, I did that and amongst all the different, you know, inspirations, et cetera, um, I was pretty impressed with how restaurants and, and chains created like such engaging brands mm -hmm. um, and then translated those brands, not only with in-store experiences, but also with uh, kind of their digital presence. And I was like, wow, that, that doesn't really exist in London yet. Um, so let me, let me do a little research. Because, you know, if you're a restaurateur, definitely don't want to become a, a digital marketing guru, right? So there must yeah. be people actually execute this vision for them. Sure enough, a bunch of agencies uh, in, in California that looked after these guys' digital presence. And I was like, well, if 
there is no digital marketing agency in London that looks after the restaurant industry. Uh, I want to start one. Very cool. And I did a, a Google search. And sure enough, there was someone doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and first, the, the first people who popped up in my Google search were these guys called Advice, and now rebrand to Agency A. And I sent them an email saying, hey, I'm sat down in my Airbnb in LA. And this is what I've noticed. And you guys are in a prime position to, you know, be the, the leaders in, in London or who knows, even the UK. Mm. And I think this is going to explode. And this is what I can bring to the table. So I'd love to join the, the business. Wow. And so to, to, to answer your question, I think, sure, you know, courses are useful. Uh, building skills is useful. Work experience, invaluable. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about number one, being very, very passionate about the line of work you want to get into, because I know like everyone needs a job, uh, but you're not going to perform in that job. If you have, like, if you, if you just don't care about what the company does, Yes. um, going back to the, you know, pretending you're an investor, right. In whichever company you're working for, um, make sure you're, you know, of course, retributed well, but you're learning as much as possible. And number two, being able to really sit down and think, okay, what value can I bring to this company? And I know that, like, you know, that, that must have been said over and over and over. But uh, going back to my university days, if I had to sit down and apply to I know, a bank, I would have a very difficult time trying to understand what I could actually bring to the table that someone else couldn't. Whilst what I found with startups was that if I was passionate enough about what they were doing, I could sit down and find at least one or two reasons why even with minimal experience, I could uh, bring value to the table. That's literally, I think that's one of the best answers we've had for that kind of question. (laughs) It is so true what you said. And that story was a brilliant example of it. If you're passionate about something and you want to go into the startup space and you're not really sure where you can add value, just go and learn about it. Maybe go and try it a bit and then go and approach the startup and say, look, I've done this. I kind of failed, but I learned this. I can do this. What do you think? Because I think like at least nine times out, if I, as a founder, you get a message from someone that's clearly passionate and clearly has drive and you get that. You think, yeah, actually we need somebody to do that. Let's get 100%. this girl. This girl. 100%. 100 there's always going to be work to 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 be doing and by the way you know it, it, this doesn't only apply to, to the startup world and you know if if you really want to you know work in finance great you know lots of my friends i've met uh you know before uni or uh, after one year of university and it was as if it was written on some on some you know destiny book that they were gonna work in a <laughs> in a bank and they and i actually envy them right because they knew from day one what they wanted to do and they were so driven um but even there i think what even there they found ways to inform themselves to expand their network uh, that were very relevant to the line of work they were passionate about and so it's the same exact argument just for different uh industries and now the industry you're in what would be something that you have to deal with every now and then but you never expected uh to have to deal with it Mm, interesting Interesting. So yeah, maybe something that um, was definitely not written on the job description when you applied. <laughs> uh-huh. um, let's say that the job description 
especially in, in early stage tech companies, is built by someone who has been wearing many, many hats. Mm. And then it comes to a point where the machine is about to break and they're like, well, we need a resource to actually take care of this task specifically. Um, and that's where you come in. But then again, you're in a startup. And so you're, you're brought in for one thing, uh, but you start wearing many, many, many hats yourself. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, I, I was pondering because there are quite a, quite a few things that you know, I didn't expect that I would be doing. Um, but they all become part of the job, right? Because you're so invested in what we're building that you're you're happy to do anything. Um, so, for example, you know, I'm I'm hopping on a webinar tomorrow, teaching people about um, how to prepare for Christmas and Black Friday. And of course, I'm not I'm not an expert in uh, in marketing for for Black Friday. But what we're talking about is the data that we've uh, gathered and what that means for founders and how they can then go about securing funding or how they can go about investing smartly to ensure growth during Q4. So that, that was a nice little addition. Um, and then something that I didn't really expect because I've always worked alone. I've always worked in small companies, fast growing companies, always in small teams is how quickly my team, the partnerships side of things has, has grown. At the moment, we, we drive quite a hefty chunk of the revenue of the business. Um, and so being able to confront myself with lots of different people and being able to, to split the workload has been something that I, I should have expected, <laughs> but I, I simply had never, um, had never experienced. So that was a nice little surprise. And uh, would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now? Uh, 100%. I, I'm awesome, going it? earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about this the, the other day um, and I was thinking, wow, imagine if I joined, you know, like, like in 2019 when they were just starting out. But come to think of it, I'm not the product guy. Yeah. So they, they probably needed to have a product before selling it. Yeah. Um, and, and the two guys who, who were the earliest joiners for on the business development side of things were either people with an insane network who could, um, start, you know, our, our boys now the partnerships team, um, or someone who's, who, who've had, who's had, um, great experience into building sales teams, processes around those and, uh, and figuring out the best way to uh, to push this product commercially. So I thought I would have loved to be like the the fifth employee, but probably I couldn't have brought at this point that much to the table. I think mm-hmm. I, I came in at the perfect time, and uh, and that's how you grow, and that's how companies grow too. Well, thank you so much for your time, Leonardo. It's been a, a genuine pleasure to uh, chat to you and hear all about your Christmas. Thanks a lot. I appreciate uh, it. Thanks again for having me. Thank you, Leonardo. Where can people find you and uh, where you work and reach out if they wanted to? Amazing. Yeah. So you can reach out uh, to me on LinkedIn. It's just Leonardo Luca Torto. Good luck spelling that in the show notes. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, hey, as I, as I mentioned earlier, we're always, always hiring. We're growing very fast. Um, you can take a look at weareuncapped.com slash careers um yeah please please reach out with any questions anything uh, at all i'll be more than happy to answer brilliant thanks leonardo thanks a lot guys thank you